Welcome to episode 136 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is the first 40 miles. Today on the first 40 miles, A hiker, a backpacker, and a biomechanist all walk up to a bar. What they do next might just surprise you. On today's top five list, we'll talk about how another podcaster we listen to has changed, nay, revolutionized the way we move. Then we'll review some stretchy pants that allow freedom of movement along with the power of wool. For today's Backpack Hack of the Week, a movement hack provided by Katie Bowman herself. All this, and that's about it, today on the first 40 miles. On several of the past episodes of the First 40 Miles podcast, Josh has referenced a podcast that he's been listening to called the Katie Says Podcast, which when I first heard about it, uh, I, I wasn't that interested in it. And then I don't know what happened, but about a month or so ago, I started listening to it. And all of a sudden I became this zealous Katie Bowman, um, disciple, disciple. <laughs> yeah. This all started in fall of 2015 when we did an episode talking about our trip to the Redwoods with our backpacking group. And we mentioned that uh, during one of those days, I wore my zero shoes, minimalist sandals. It was rainy that day, and I didn't have to worry about my shoes getting wet because I just got my feet wet, and then they dried out. (laughs) So it was really easy. And one of our listeners on Twitter, he mentioned, oh, if you're into the barefoot movement, you got to check out Mark Sisson and Katie Bowman. And it just so happened that I had a business trip coming up like the next week. So I subscribed to Katie's podcast and downloaded a bunch of episodes and started listening to it. Of course, that was a year and a half ago. And I shared some things with you, Heather, over the over the year and a half, you know, here and there. And that's kind of how I get into things. I I am kind of the slow and steady type, I guess. And then you're the type that <laughs> is full on immersion. <laughs> And so I I can't remember what tripped the switch for you, but it was just a couple months ago. I think what it was is I was looking for new podcasts to listen to. Oh, yeah. And um, I remembered you'd said something about the Katie Says podcast. And yeah, so I downloaded all the episodes and listened to all the episodes. All the episodes, all day long. <laughs> Katie's voice coming out of <laughs> your back pocket as you were walking around the house taking care of chores. Yeah, I did get a little bit of kickback from the kids. One of the kids said um, he didn't like it that I listened to Katie Says because she talks about organs and that's just gross. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she talks about biomechanics, not necessarily just organs, but, you know, how everything works together. Let me explain a little bit about what Katie talks about in her podcast and why our first 40 milers might just be as into it as I am. She talks about nutritious movement or natural movement in a way that just really resonated with me. 
We, as a culture, spend a lot of time sitting or in a static position. So whether it's sitting or standing, it doesn't matter. You're just not moving. And our bodies were designed to move. So her idea, what she's trying to share with the world, is that movement is life, and that we need to have a movement-rich life in order to hold on to those basic movements that propagate the species, or that make it so we can eat,、uh, lift things, make the species continue on. <laughs> Well, and generally、things. have a good feeling to、yeah. to feel good to not be having all the aches and pains and the oh I don't feel like I can do anything physically and exactly all of that. and maybe this just came you know right at the right time I turned forty this year and、um, I've had this kind of fear of growing older fear of being one of those people that's hunched over and moves really slow and that. Ends up breaking my femur, and then the next step is a wheelchair, and then the next step is a nursing home, and then you die. It's I don't want that to be my path in life. I want to always be able to do the things that I do now, and that means making some changes. And I guess I, yeah, Katie came into my life at the perfect time. I'm ready to make some changes so that I can keep that fluidity of movement, so I can always be active. I guess another one of the things that really kind of intrigued me about what Katie was talking about is that it seemed like it was just going to be so intrusive in my life. Like, what do you mean, get up every twenty minutes? What is this eye break thing that you're talking about, where I need to go outside and look at a tree for twenty seconds? Or, what do you mean, sit on the floor, get rid of furniture, or sleep on the floor? All of these little things that she talks about in her podcast just seemed. Way beyond what I really wanted to include in my life, but the more I listened and the more she explained it, the more I realized that these little life hacks or movement hacks were going to be what was going to keep me from being in a wheelchair or being unable to move the way that I want to move later in life. In our opening, we talked about how a hiker, a backpacker, and a biomechanist all walk up to a bar. And what they do next might just surprise you. And this was something that Katie talked about in her podcast that kind of surprised me too. She talks about the importance of building upper body strength, and one of the ways that you can build natural upper body strength is by using a bar, like hanging from a bar, like a chimpanzee or. Like a human, like we used to do when we climbed trees to look for fruit or catch a squirrel or whatever. So that was another one of those weird movement hacks that Katie shared on her podcast. That at first sounded so weird, but the more that I've thought about it, the more it makes sense. And so today we wanted to share on our top five list the top five ways that Katie Bowman has changed. The way that we move, we get plenty of movement when we're on a backpacking trip. You got the walking and the setting up of your campsite, and maybe gathering some firewood and squatting by the campfire. Yeah, lots of natural movement with lots of variety. But of course, if we're not moving every day, then we're not ready for the backpacking trip, and we're not ready to go out there and have all of that movement going on. Uh, we could injure ourselves if we haven't built up the strength and the flexibility through day-to-day -day living. So we've tried to change the way we move at home 
so that we'll be well prepared for how we move on a backpacking trip. So the first way that Katie Bowman has changed the way that we move is that our family incorporates more movement into our day, not more exercise. There is a difference between exercise and movement. And this idea that Katie talks about didn't really make sense to me until she did the math. So say you have one hour of exercise and you have 23 hours of basically sedentary living. That means that you've spent 4% of your day moving. So what are you doing with the other 96% of the day? Well, you're 96% sedentary, which means that you're still mostly sedentary. So Katie proposes the idea of incorporating more natural movement into our day. And a lot of times that means making our lives less convenient. It means instead of driving to the library to return your library books, you walk to your library and return the books and then walk home. And while this may not seem like a really great use of time, you're doing something that Katie calls life stacking. So you're running an errand, you're getting some movement in, and if you wanted to life stack even more, you could even call a friend, reconnect with someone, go out with your kids, spend family time together walking to the library. So it doesn't have to be that you just walk hours and hours every day just for the sake of exercise. No, you're actually doing something and stacking things. I really like the idea of life stacking. With exercise, it's like you take time out of your day to specifically go get some exercise. And that's all you do during that time. Maybe you listen to music or podcasts, and then you come back to the rest of your life and all the stuff you have to do. But when you get out of that mindset and you shift your mindset to say, well, how can I incorporate natural movement into the stuff that I already have to do? Can I ride my bike on that errand? Can I walk on that errand? Can I spend social time with my family doing something that involves movement? It starts to open up all kinds of possibilities for incorporating more movement into your day without trying to find more hours in your day. The number two way that Katie Bowman has changed the way that we move is that now we see the biomechanical benefits of crunchy, wobbly, rough, steep trails. No more complaining about roots or downed trees or steep calf-burning inclines. And here's why. We need texture in our terrain to strengthen and use all of our foot muscles and joints. So if you think about it, all of our walking surfaces at home, work, and school are flat, level, and smooth, which doesn't really present much of a challenge to our feet. And our feet are dying to be challenged. Our feet have all of the equipment. They have bones, nerves, joints that are so good at extracting information from the ground. And when we don't give them any information to extract from the ground, they kind of shut down. And... When we put our feet in shoes that restrict movement or when we spend so much of our time on boring flat level surfaces, it would be the dietary equivalent of drinking Ensure for three meals a day. Where's the texture? Where's the variety? Where is that, you know, that movement? And Katie is pretty clear that we need texture to move all the joints in our foot. We need walking that challenges the nerves in our feet and that sends messages up from our feet 
through to our brain. We need to walk in big chunks as well as these little frequent chunks. We need to feel the ground and then give our feet an opportunity to get stronger by giving them challenges. And when we're close to home, this is some simple modifications. One thing that we might do is、uh, instead of walking on the sidewalk, we might walk on the gravel that's in between the sidewalk and the street. Or there is a gravel road near our home, so maybe instead of taking the pavement option, we head to that gravel road. Or even walking across a field, you know, the grassy field and all the variety, the little, the little changes in, you know, little holes that are made by animals or something. Who knows? And little bumps here and there, and just all that texture. Gives your feet and your body a lot more of a natural workout than if you just stay on the concrete. The number three way that Katie Bowman has changed the way we move is that we are trying out floor sleeping. Now this isn't so crazy for backpackers. We sleep on the floor when we're in the woods, but. This is a whole new experiment at home, and it's funny because our kids have always been floor sleepers. Even when we gave them a crib when they were little, and we built bunk beds for them, and we gave them cool headboards with drawers and cubbies under the beds, these kids—they're so primal. They love sleeping on hard surfaces or on the floor. And we thought that since we sleep on the ground while we're camping, this is something that we could try at home to kind of prep us. For a future trip and get us in shape. So what happens, if I understand correctly, is when you're in a soft plush bed, you sort of lay down in this position, and while you're sleeping, there's nothing triggering your body to shift and move, and you could just kind of stay in one place all night. And that sounds desirable, doesn't it? Like, oh, that sounds like a great night's sleep. Just stay in one place, totally still. But it is certainly a lack of movement. And so when you make the mattress a lot thinner and harder. You shift around a little bit more at night, but also you get better posture overall、um, because you don't get that, you know, where you're sinking into the mattress and your spine gets curved and all all that bad stuff that happens. When you are just in a static position all night long and there's very little movement, you wake up sore in the same way that you would be sore if you were to strike a pose and hold it for eight hours. I mean in Any position, sitting, standing, your body wants to move. Your body was born to move. Oh, like how you feel tired and sore from sitting on an airplane for four hours. Exactly. Just because you're stuck in that one position the whole time. It's not really what our bodies are built for. We're built to constantly move. Yeah, so we're trying out this floor sleeping thing. We'll see how it goes. So far, it's been great. We've been on the floor for about a month. Yeah, I think so. And just as a side note, if you're getting ready for your first backpacking trip, and one of the things you're nervous about is how well you're going to sleep while you're out there, well, there's lots of things that are different about sleeping on a backpacking trip than sleeping at home. But one of the things you can do to prep is to go ahead and go to the floor at home. That's one of the things that's different. Now, there's still the temperature, the night sounds, the wind. All of those other things that maybe the unlevel surface, <laughs> but that's one thing that you could do that you could change at home a few weeks prior to going out on your backpacking trip. The number four way that Katie Bowman has changed the way we move is that it's changed the way we think about cold temperatures. I listened to her episode thirty-seven, which was、uh, called "Moving Through the Winter." And after I listened to that episode, I thought, "Wow, I need to rethink my exposure of myself to cold. 
I am very ill-adapted to the cold. <laughs> I get cold quickly when the temperatures are low, and I stay cold until the temperatures warm up. And my only adaptation really that I have, like the only tool in my toolbox, is that I can start moving quickly. So if I start running or uh, maybe backpacking, you know, with a heavy backpack on, a heavy load, really getting some exertion going, I can finally warm up my body. And that's, of course, because I'm using the large muscles in my body to move and they're generating heat. But that's not the only way to generate heat and to stay warm in the cold. When I listened to episode 37 of Katie Says, I learned about these muscles in our body whose sole purpose is to generate heat. So they're not these big muscles that contract like biceps or hamstrings. It's a layer in our body that just moves. It doesn't contract, per se, like to, to make our body move to a different position. It just generates heat by this sort of static movement. And apparently, I don't have any of that in my body. <laughs> and why not? Because my body has decided it doesn't need it because of the lack of exposure that I have. I spend my entire day, all week, all year, in an environment that's about 72 degrees. And so my body has adapted to just do away with those muscles that, that generate heat because it doesn't need them. So over the winter, I decided to try to expose myself to cold a little more. I thought, well, maybe when I get in my car in the morning, I can be a little more uh, conservative about how high I turn up the heat in my car. Or when I go outside, maybe I can go out and say, well, this feels cold and just kind of accept that and say, okay, it feels cold. That's okay. I'm going to do this. And I've got to say over the entire winter, I have made very little progress <laughs> in developing my cold tolerance. So I've still got a long ways to go. In fact, I kind of got in trouble with the family, I think. Uh, which backpacking trip was it this winter where... We knew it was going to be cold out, so I turned down the heat about a week before. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and I was not very popular. <laughs> and the number five way that Katie Bowman has changed the way that we move is she has changed the way that I look at heels on any shoe, including hiking shoes. She talks a lot about minimalist shoes or zero drop shoes and how they tilt your geometry. This is not some kind of voodoo science thing. She says very nicely and very clearly that this is middle school geometry. In your head, your shoulders, your pelvis, everything is all aligned. And then you add heels onto your shoes. It tilts your whole body forward or it sets off a chain reaction, I guess, depending on your body. So this isn't just about high heels. It's not just about women. This is about guys who wear shoes that have the one inch heels that are like, you know, the dress shoes. This is about hiking boots that have a little bit of a rise to it. All of these things change our geometry and make us rely on muscles that shouldn't be carrying loads. So you might want to take a look at your shoes and spend a little bit of time outside of your shoes, especially when you're at home, kick off the shoes and pay more attention to the heels on your shoes and maybe think about how it's affecting your body's geometry. And if you have a sneaking suspicion that the heels on your shoes are causing foot pain, uh, calf tightness, or any other kind of issues, lower back pain, 
then you might be interested in switching over to barefoot or minimalist shoes. And Katie has a great book called Whole Body Barefoot. In fact, the title itself should give you a clue as to how much of an impact even the slightest heel can have on your body's geometry. It affects your whole body. So there's something really interesting to me about these five things that we went through. They all are related to something that we've done as society and culture, as a human race, to outsource our movement and to make life easier. So we're trying to incorporate more movement into our day, but that's because we've been so successful at devising all of these different ways to avoid movement in our day because it makes us more comfortable. So we stop washing laundry by hand and even washing dishes by hand and moving under our own power to get places. We just hop in our cars. Lots of times we don't even need to go anywhere at all because we've got phones and internet and all of that. And, and so we've been so successful at outsourcing our movement that now we have to try to compensate for that and get more movement back into our day. We've done so well at creating flat level surfaces that are really easy to walk on. You don't really have to pay much attention to them. You don't have to think. You can just kind of walk down the street and it's easy. So now we've got to find ways to get ourselves out on bumpy, unpredictable trails to get that back so that our bodies can be healthier. We've created such nice, comfortable beds that just feel so good that we've eliminated a lot of the movement associated with sleeping, going to sleep, and getting up from sleeping. So now we need to look at that and say, wait, how do we get some of that movement back by going back to the floor or even up to a hammock, I think it introduces this different kind of movement as you're getting in and out and, and shifting around in the hammock. We've done so well at insulating ourselves that we never have to go outside unprotected from the cold and we never have to feel the cold anymore. And so now we're saying, wait a minute, we've lost the ability to adapt to the cold. What can we do about that? And the last one, seriously, I have no idea why high heels were <laughs> um, either invented or accepted by people who wear them. <laughs> exactly. So my personal opinion, I have no idea why we went with high heels. And that seems like an easy thing to get rid of. <laughs> but as we talked about today, it's not just high heels. It's those low heels that give you maybe a one inch rise on a hiking boot or something where you're not thinking about it being high heels. And yet it is shifting your posture into a less healthy position. That's just fascinating to me that we've been so successful at outsourcing all of our movement and making ourselves comfortable that we've created our own physical health challenges as a result. Yeah, and Katie calls them casts or cages. They really are oppressive and limit that natural movement that is part of who we are as humans. And if you want to read more about outsourcing movement, Katie has a great book called Movement Matters that's all about outsourced movement. And if you're interested in learning more about some of the things that Katie Bowman talks about, her blog is rich with information. And then if you just want like a book that you can carry with you or download onto your Kindle, Move Your DNA is the primer on basic body movement and how to incorporate more movement into your day. And if you've lost some mobility and you want to get it back, she also has great ideas for how to restore some of those lost movements. All right. And I feel like I should say this is not a sponsored episode. <laughs> we, we never do sponsored episodes. We have no sponsors. This is just, I've enjoyed listening to 
the Katie Says podcast, enjoyed reframing my thoughts about movement and and what it means to have a healthy body. And then this sort of thing happens when Heather gets exposed to an idea. <laughs> she jumps in with both feet, and both oh. arms and her entire body, <laughs> and just really gets into it. And so this is just... This is just Heather's passion coming out. <laughs> yes, and I get to share it with our listeners. And this makes me so, so happy because the thought of any of our first 40 milers being unable to move or having some kind of body issue that prevents them from getting out on the trail, that makes me really sad. So I want everyone to be in good enough shape so that they can get out and have a great experience pain-free on the trail. For today's Summit Gear Review, we will be reviewing the Ibex Wool Pulse Leggings. These are leggings that you can move in, leggings that you can sleep in, leggings that you can use as a layering piece. You can also use them off the trail as yoga pants or running pants. These Ibex Wool Leggings are made of merino wool, which is super fine and super soft. And then there is a little bit of spandex mixed in. So these are extremely comfortable with just the perfect amount of stretch. All of the seams on the Ibex Wool Pulse Leggings are flat locked. For utility, these leggings have a tiny pocket that is just about the right size for holding a key or a credit card. It doesn't close or zip. It's just a flat pocket right against the waist. These leggings have a draw cord waist, which is a very thin draw cord. And so you're not going to have this lumpy bumpy stuff on your stomach. Um, even the elasticity in the waist is mostly from the fabric itself. There's no like elastic band in these pants. So they end up being really comfortable and not too tight on the waist. On the side of these leggings, there is a little bit of reflective piping, which is there for if you wanted to use these as running tights. The reflective piping is kind of stiff. It's uh, maybe a, a centimeter wide and a couple inches long. How's that for mixing my units? Oh boy. <laughs> and is kind of this uh, almost not quite plasticky, but it's that sort of uh, stiffness. For mass, these leggings weigh about seven and a half ounces. And then they have a fabric gram weight of 160 grams per square meter. No other fabric that I know of is measured in grams per square meter, but wool always has this way right. of measuring it. What is this? What is this all about? I'm trying to think what the other fabrics use. They'll have like a denier, you know, 70 denier is a thicker, tougher fabric than five denier. And then there's thread counts, but apparently those are mostly marketing hype. <laughs> uh, so yeah, different ways of measuring, but for some reason, wool is always measured in this grams per square meter uh, way of doing it. So if you cut out one square meter of this wool fabric, it would weigh 160 grams. So of course, a thicker wool fabric, if you cut out a square meter of that, it could weigh twice as much or three times as much if it had more wool in it and was more thick. So it is a what sounds to me like a pretty objective way of comparing thickness, although I don't know the effect that different types of wool may have you know, where the wool fibers themselves, like a merino wool, has a very thin fiber and is probably a more effective insulator for its weight than a rougher, thicker wool. For maintenance, you can hand wash or machine wash, but they recommend not putting these leggings into the dryer. 
And if you wash and dry on the trail, be careful where you hang these to dry so they won't snag or get eaten by little trail animals who like to eat wool or who are attracted to sweat. And we've seen that happen. It has happened in real life. For investment, these leggings are $120. Ibex is a premium brand, and a lot of care goes into the design of each of their lines of clothing. One of the things that we're super excited about that's coming out of Ibex soon is a shell that is 100% wool and 100% waterproof. So Ibex is one of those brands that, yes, it may be more premium and more expensive, but keep an eye on them because there are some amazing things coming out of Ibex. For trial, I love backpacking gear that can seamlessly work its way into my everyday life. And we have quite a few pieces of gear that we hijacked and turned into everyday items instead of just backpacking items. These wool leggings are exactly that. They're something that I can bring on the trail or I can wear them under a skirt. I can use them as pajamas at home. If I were a runner, I could use them as running leggings. Right now I use them as walking leggings and they work great. I also love that they put that extra coverage in from the waist to the knees. And so you're not going to have that weird issue of underwear peek through. I think that's just fantastic that they added that into the leggings. Another design feature that I love about these leggings is that the waistband is really only there to hold the leggings up. It's not there to turn you into a human sausage. It's not tight. It's not restrictive. It's just a humble waistband doing its job, just trying to stay out of the way. Because they used a pinch of spandex in with the merino, these tights do a fantastic job of retaining their shape and they don't get saggy in the knee or in the backside. So if you're looking for something that's lightweight, soft and stretchy, and that is a multi-use item of clothing, then check out the Ibex Wool Pulse Leggings. They come in a few different colors. There's black, gray, and then some crazy blue techno looking design that will definitely appeal to someone. I'm more of a traditionalist. I'm sticking with black. But um, check them out. We will have the link in our show notes today. And you'll find that at thefirst40miles.com slash 136. Well, congratulations, Heather. You managed to not talk about Katie Bowman for five minutes. Woohoo! <laughs> My family would be so impressed. I'm serious. They are getting... So weary of my Katie Bowmanisms that I share at dinner with a little... The little tweaks that you're making around the home. <laughs> That's right. That's okay. I think it's now being replaced by uh, the ham radio test prep that you're doing. <laughs> no, I will always love everything that Katie Bowman has taught me, and I will still learn and obsess and all that. But yes, it is definitely being taken over by ham radio right now, and we'll have an episode on that and why it is beneficial to get your ham radio license. Or whether it's beneficial to get your technician. Well, anyway, yeah, we'll talk about that. I think I think the ham radio thing is just temporary thing for you. Whereas yeah. the stuff you've been learning from Katie Bowman is, is that's a much deeper interest for you. Definitely. No, I've even considered going back to school and like studying physical therapy or biomechanics because I am just like, wow. Well, it's like I never even knew my body. And now I'm like being introduced to it for the first time and learning about how it works. It's just, it's incredible. 
Yeah. Well, we are honored and privileged today to have Katie Bowman sharing our backpack hack of the week. I just asked her to share something that would be beneficial to hikers and backpackers, and she did not disappoint. So here is Katie Bowman. Hi, this is Katie Bowman, biomechanist and author of Move Your DNA. When I get questions about backpacking and long distance hiking, eight times out of 10, they have to do with why do my knees hurt when I'm going downhill and what can I do? So my backpack hack has to do with how you can adjust your gait, the way you move when you're going downhill to take the load off of your knees and place it on your hips. Many people have stiff hips. That's just the the reality that comes with the amount of sitting that a lot of us do. And even though we're going out into the great outdoors, we tend to carry in our body a lot of the chair baggage, those adaptations of our tissues that come from the hours and hours and hours of sitting. So our knees are used to bending, but our hips aren't used to articulating very well. When you go downhill, what happens most of the time is that the bulk of the work is done in your quadriceps, the muscles in the fronts of your thighs. We tend to really, really carry our weight. When you're going downhill, the tendency is for your weight to accelerate downhill. If you put a ball at the top of the hill, it's gonna roll down. So that same phenomenon is happening when you're walking downhill and your quadriceps are like brakes. The front of your thigh muscles are like brakes and the muscles of the front of the thigh attach to the lower leg. So the knee joint is heavily involved anytime you use your quadriceps. If you ever happen to go on a horseback riding adventure, when you are behind a horse, what you will see the the rear end of the horse doing is moving greatly from side to side. It's it's the equivalent of a slalom, a downhill, instead of the the mass, that tremendous mass of the horse um, being accelerated downhill, it's actually just like if you were bombing down a hill, if you were skiing, it's going side to side so that it doesn't have to do so, it doesn't have to apply the brakes so much. So the more you can, as you take a step down, let's say you're going to step down with your right foot, letting your left hip swing out to the left side, you're no longer requiring so much tension in the quadriceps. What you're doing is you're allowing the muscles on the outside of the hips to do some of the work that before you did that motion had been done entirely by the quadriceps and thus involving lots of pressure on the knee. So you're going to create this side to side swing of your pelvis, the the triangle bone between your legs and your torso. You're going to act like a horse as you go downhill. And as you carry your weight on your right leg, you're going to let your left hip shift out to the left. And when you place your left foot down on the ground, your legs are still walking forward, but your hips are swinging side to side. And as you come down on the left leg, you're going to push your hip to the right. And by doing that, you're taking your weight and no longer allowing it to barrel down the hill breaking with your knees, you're going to actually be using more of your body. It's a very 
holistic ecological approach to using your more parts of you when you go out hiking. And if you'd like, there is a video tutorial of how to do this that I've shot when I'm up here hiking in the Olympic mountains if video is easier to gather instruction from than audio. And we'll have a link to the video that she talked about in our show notes today as well. So thank you, Katie, so much for sharing that backpack hack of the week. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Seneca. He said, to move the world, we must first move ourselves. I think we can take this literally. Exactly. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you've been on a backpacking trip, share your story at thefirst40miles.com slash story. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. trying to think what the other fabrics use they'll have like a ply is that no it's toilet paper (laughs) sorry (laughs) i can't